Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody? Good. I've got uh, I've got some stuff with me. Oh, this is Operation Christmas Child. You see these boxes at both of our campuses? Pick them up. Pick them up. And uh, fill them up. Bring them back. And, and uh, you'll be glad you did. All right. This is a before picture. This is a after picture. This is what the bags look like on the counter at guest services. This is what they look like when you go to the store and fill them up. Can I get an amen? All right. Go for the gold. I mean, can I get an amen? All right. Good. Um, just as a test run, my, my wife and I are going to do uh, a few of these bags. Um, but as a test run, I wanted to see um, how quickly, how easily, and how expensive it was to, to make this happen. And what, what we're doing different this year uh, about Feed the City, we've done boxes with canned goods and, and dry goods. This year, we're asking you to get a, a bag at guest services, get a grocery list at guest services, and go to town. Go to the store, and it really is not that expensive. But what it does, it provides three different meals for the people that we will be distributing these to. And uh, I, I went by the, I'm, I'm struggling with what to do here. Um, whoa. I went by the list, and it took about five minutes or ten. And, of course, on the list is Golden Flake, golden flake Thin, Hot, and, and Crispy Potato Chips. Now, it doesn't specify that, but I'm thinking if I love them, everybody loves them. And uh, the truth is, everything in the shopping bag made it back to the office except for the chips. I drank them. And if you don't know what that means, see me later. Uh, it's when you crush them up when you're driving and you don't want to get barbecue all over your steering wheel. You just crush them up and drink them. I thought I was going to get pulled over the other day drinking. And, um, loaf of bread, French bread, pancake mix, oil, syrup, uh, peanut butter, and jelly. And it's three good meals. Three good meals. And today is the day that you need to, to pick up the bag. All right? We're going to do 300 of these. So if you leave today at either of our campuses and there are still blue bags at guest services, you need to turn around and come back and get one or get another one. Because we, we want to, to, to go 100% all in on Feed the City. Now, speaking of Feed the City, you'll bring the bag back next week, all right? So November the 6th, bring the bag back just like I brought this one uh, today, all right? Now, some have, some have asked, isn't our block party on the same day as Feed the City? Yes, at two different times. You can do both. Absolutely, you can do both. But be sure and do at least one. 
uh, the, the block parties are going to be incredible. This year, our leadership led our church to go to them rather than ask them to come to us. And we have four locations, uh, Woodland Hills in Guntown, um, Country Meadows, am I saying that right? Country Meadows in Saltillo, Joiner, the um, Rod Leak City Park, and then uh, Bristow in Tupelo. So we have four locations. They're going to be fun. It's going to be fun. There's going to be games. It's family-friendly. And our purpose, when we started Fall Fest years ago, the purpose of having Fall Fest, it's, it was a, definitely a good benefit for the kids and, and all of that to get candy. And, but one of the, the, the purpose of it was, to, to, it was outreach. And so, but a benefit of it, not only is it outreach, but a benefit, like a side benefit, is the fun and the fellowship that we had. And that's what we're going to do at these uh, block parties. So be sure today, today, you can go online and sign up, or you can stop at the tent, and uh, there's a sign-up just for you And these block parties. They're going to be incredible. Uh, you say, well, I, I'm, I may not can help a lot, but I'm willing to do anything. Sign up. Sign up. And if you come, bring a dessert. I mean, that's something you could do. And we're going to have, at each location, it's going to be food, fun, but it's also, it it's also gives us an opportunity to meet some folks out in the community, right? And so we're excited about that. And then, like I said, like a, a side benefit is that we're going to have a good time together as the body of Christ. When we had a serve day back uh, in, the, in the summer, uh, it was 300 people fellowshipping and serving. Yeah, we were serving, but we were having a good time and fellowshipping with one another. Uh, I came up on one of the, the work sites where some guys were painting, uh, doing some painting on a house. They did more talking than they did painting. It was good, though. It was all good. So we're excited about that. And, of course, today, uh, as has already been mentioned, today is Sun Stand Still offering. That's when we give our tithes, but it's when we give above our tithes, trusting God to do the incredible. So if you forgot about it or you didn't come prepared for it, just leave us your checkbook, and we'll take care of that for you. Now, seriously, uh, if, if you have already given and, but did not consider the Sun Stand Still offering, you can put that in the bucket also at, uh, at the end of the service. Okay, it's block party, I've mentioned, and aren't you glad I, I have to mention all this stuff? I mean, I could come out here and say, you know, turn in your Bibles, because uh, nothing else is happening. <laughs> Something is happening around here, and, and we're, we get pumped about it. And uh, uh, we hope that you get pumped about it, too. Uh, I mentioned Sunstand Steel. Um, okay, starting next week is a brand new series I am super excited about, and that is Ghost Stories. It's not the, ooh, ghost stories. It's stories about, and it's teaching about the Holy Spirit. All right, so that's going to start uh, next week. Well, we do welcome you if you're a first-time guest or a returning guest, and we welcome those that are joining us right now online, 
and we just went live at our Tupelo location, our Tupelo campus. Make some noise for those guys while you grab your Bible. Ghost stories. I can't wait. Can't wait. Today, we're going to be talking on the subject of baptism. The subject of baptism. I get pumped every time. I get elated, excited every time somebody goes through the trough. Uh, uh, that's what this is. It's a, a watering trough. Yeah? We got it at, at the watering trough store. And I get excited when somebody goes through the waters of baptism. And you may be thinking, Terry, why do you get so excited about it? Why do you, why do you guys <clears throat> make such a big deal about baptism? You ready? This is deep. This is worth the gas money that it took you to drive to church today. We get excited about it. We make a big deal about it because Jesus made a big deal about it. All right? That's why we do it. That's why we do it. The Bible says that Jesus himself was baptized by his first cousin, John the Baptizer, John the Baptist. He wasn't a Baptist, but he was a baptizer. All right? And the word baptized literally means to immerse. It means to, to go down. And every baptism in the Bible, they went down into the water. And so Jesus was baptized. Now, uh, we're going to be looking today at Acts chapter 2. If you want to go ahead and get your Bibles and, and be turning there. Acts chapter 2, but I just want to like set this up a little bit. Jesus had already been crucified. He had already been laid in a tomb, borrowed tomb at that. He had already risen from the grave when this passage takes place. He had made over 500 appearances, meaning before he was ascended into heaven, after 40 days, before he ascended into heaven, you know, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but Jesus says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm going away, but I'm sending somebody. And uh, that's why the study on the Holy Spirit is really going to be uh, interesting. He said, I'm going away, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so then the Bible says he ascended. But before Jesus ascended, he made 500 appearances to his followers in Jerusalem and in Galilee and to various of the, of the disciples. And then he told his disciples, he said, I want you to go into the upper room and I want you to pray. I want you to stay there and, until you're going to know what's about to happen. You stay there, and then the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I'm sending him. And so Jesus ascended into heaven. They did what Jesus said. They went back to Jerusalem. They went up in the upper room, and they started praying. They started fasting. And lo and behold, from heaven, the Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them. The Bible says that they, they started speaking in an unknown language, or excuse me, uh, unknown, unfamiliar tongues. But it was familiar to the, 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 the travelers that had come to Jerusalem. Now, don't mistake this. 
uh, I want you to really grasp what they were doing. They were speaking in tongues, but the Bible says that everybody could understand in their, in their language. They could understand in their language. And, and so some of the, the Jews, they didn't know what was going on because they didn't understand that Jesus had ascended and that he was sending the Holy Spirit. And so as they were speaking in these languages, people were understanding it in, in their own language. And as they were speaking, some, people, some of the Jews said, man, these people are drunk. Peter said, no, they're not drunk. They're just filled with the Spirit. They're filled with the Spirit. And Peter preaches the greatest sermon that Peter would ever preach on the day of Pentecost, when all of this went down, Peter stands up and he preaches this great sermon. And the Bible says that uh, a lot of folks got saved and were baptized that day. It was the biggest baptism in biblical history, all right, uh, is if when Peter preached the sermon. I'm just thinking, though, why did Peter, you know, uh, I'm a preacher, so I'm, I'm critiquing this. Why did Peter get to preach this sermon? I mean, after all, Peter, he's, he's disqualified from preaching. I mean, I, I'm talking about ear cutting off Peter. He cut a guy's ear off. They came to get Jesus out of the garden of Gethsemane, and Peter drew his sword, was aiming for his neck. The guy ducked, took his ear off. I'm not kidding you, it's in the Bible. So, Peter, cussing Peter, hot-headed Peter. Peter's cussing. Man, it, they stopped him when they said, uh, after they had led Jesus to, to, to be crucified, somebody saw him in the courtyard and said, you, aren't you one of him, one of his followers? And he starts cussing her. Cussing Peter. Ear cutting off Peter. Denied the Lord three times Peter. Not just once, he denied Jesus, even knowing him. But he gets to preach. So I'm getting all puffed up thinking about this. Well, this is what I've learned and this is what I know, and write this down. Your past does not disqualify you for, for God's future for you. Your past does not disqualify you. Some of you are thinking, uh, Nobody will ever have anything to do with me. I could never be useful to the Lord. I, I could never uh, accomplish much for God. Uh, you're talking about life on mission. I'm, I, I'm not worthy. Listen, I don't know what you've done in your past, but I do know this, that God has not given up on you. And your past does not disqualify you for God's future for you. Isn't that good news? Amen. Now, let's read the story in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, uh, beginning with verse 37. How many are glad they came to, to church today? Say amen. Amen. All right, verse 37 says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. 
for all whom the Lord our God will call. He said it is for, for the forgiveness of sins. Now, when I read this, um, I want to clarify something. It says for the forgiveness of sin. In the original language, the word for, F-O-R, the word for has the same meaning as the word because. Are you following me? So, be baptized because you've been forgiven, is what he was saying. Let, let me give you an example. You don't take an aspirin to get a headache. You take an aspirin because you got a headache. You with me? You don't take an aspirin uh, so you'll get a headache. You take an aspirin for the headache. And so, this is what I want you to really understand. Baptism will not save you. It is only the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in, in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's when Jesus came down to earth and he paid the ultimate price for our sins. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so the only way to go to the Father, Jesus said in John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me, Jesus. And so Jesus paid the price, not Jesus and water, not Jesus and, and something else. Jesus is the only way to be forgiven. Jesus is the only way to the Father. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's Jesus, it's Christ and Christ alone. So what happens here in verse 40? He says, with many other words, he warned them. This is Peter, the greatest sermon ever. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message, listen to this, those that accepted his message were baptized. It's called believer's baptism. You don't get baptized to become a Christian. You don't get baptized to get forgiven. You get baptized because you've been forgiven. Are you with me? So he says, those that accepted the message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So this is what I know. Before they were baptized, they had accepted. It says they accepted the message of Jesus and were baptized. They accepted the message of Jesus. They put their trust in Jesus Christ. Some of you today will put your trust in Jesus Christ for the very first time. Meaning you've, you're crossing out of the, the darkness into the light. That's what baptized, to, to be baptized means. You're coming out of the darkness into the light. And so some of you today may have come prepared for baptism. Others of you may not have come prepared for baptism. We got you covered, by the way, because we have uh, shorts, T-shirts, flip-flops, towels, you name it. And you didn't come prepared, but you're going to leave wet. Can I get an amen? For some of you, you accepted Christ maybe years ago, but you still not followed in believer's baptism. 
So, well, I'm just a, a guest. I'm just a visitor today. Uh, uh, I'm not joining your church, okay? Not yet. We're not asking you to, to join this church. We're asking you to be obedient to Christ. So, well, Pastor, what about, um, quit changing the subject. <laughs> what about infant baptism? I was baptized as an infant. Well, that's, that's good, and we in no way criticize that or critical of that. But, but let me clarify something. You're, that was good for your parents because they were dedicating you. That's wonderful. We have baby dedication here also. But you don't remember that. I mean, seriously, if you could remember it, you would have been traumatized. Especially guys put a white dress on you. Some stranger walks up to you and splashes you with water. Woo. I mean, you would still be seeing the therapist if you could remember it. it it's not something you did. And uh, the point I want to make is baptism, salvation, is not something somebody else can do for you. You have to make that decision yourself. Baptism is, is to follow after you're a believer and it's not a it's not a cute ceremony it's a write this down it's a defining declaration of your life it's a defining declaration of your life defining that's what baptism is only through Christ can you be saved baptism is after you've been saved maybe you were um, you made a decision this happens a lot <clears throat> we have seen this time and time again that somebody earlier in their life made a decision was baptized but realized that they truly were saved when they were 16 or 18 or 25 or 35 all right and the devil wants to make you think well that baptism was good then it's good now you don't need to get rebaptized. The truth is, if you have been saved since you've been baptized, the first one was just you getting wet. Because after you've been saved, then you get baptized. Now, when I said baptism uh, is a defining declaration, I'm going to give you three things that when you get baptized... And by the way, baptism is not rededication. You don't get baptized, you don't get rebaptized just because you, you've repented of some sin and you've really gotten close to, to the Lord. You don't get rebaptized. You get baptized when you accept Christ. Okay, you, you with me so far? Now, there are three defining declarations <clears throat> that baptism uh, will, will, will define or, or declare. Number one, baptism means that when I'm baptized, it's, it's saying that I believe the gospel. Baptism is saying that I, I believe the gospel. What is the gospel? Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was buried and was risen on the third day, according to the scriptures. The gospel, oftentimes I say we need to have a commitment to Christ, the gospel, and the church. The gospel is the message, it's the good news 
that Jesus died for our sins. He did for us on the cross what we could not do for ourselves. He paid the ultimate penalty for our sins. He nailed our sins, past, present, and future. He nailed them to the cross. And so when you go through the waters of baptism, what you're doing is you're declaring, hey, I believe the gospel. Now, when, when we baptize somebody, you can, you can say something if you want to, but we don't ask you to. But you know what? When you go through the waters of baptism, you're, you're talking, you're sharing, your actions are speaking. You're saying, I believe the gospel. In the book of Romans, <clears throat> the Bible says in chapter 6, or, do, or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. It's a picture. You're saying that I believe in Christ. You're saying that I have put my trust in Jesus Christ to save me. When you go under the water, if you've ever seen us baptize here, we put you under the water. It's not very deep, but we put you under. I usually ask, in, in our, I mention this in our membership class, if anybody's ever seen me, because when you put them under the water, it symbolizes that you're, you're buried with him in baptism. And uh, do, I, do, I bring, do we bring somebody up after we put them under the water? Of course we do. Now, occasionally, I think about holding them just a little bit longer. God helped us to take, okay? Uh, it's, it says that I believe in Jesus, that I believe the gospel. What baptism is, you, you'll want to write this one down. It's an external expression of an internal work of what Jesus has done in your life. Baptism is an external, on the outside, you're going in the water, an external expression of an internal work that Jesus has done in your life. You see, I can't see in your heart, I can't see in your life, but I can see you getting baptized. You can't see what God has done on the inside, but, but it's an external expression. Of, of an inward work that, that God is doing in my life. But let me give you an, another example. This is my wedding band. Um, some people are just like, uh, they never take it off. I, I take mine off all the time because I'm, I'm really weird. If you haven't figured it out, I can't stand it. I wear it all day long. I, we I went to the store yesterday and I wore it because I don't want to be walking through the store with my ring off and that kind of thing because I am thankful for it. But I think we bought this on vacation. Now, Marla doesn't wear hers like mine as much as I wear mine. That's the only one I ever wear. She, she'll wear that original one with the gold and all that stuff. Not me. We paid 15 bucks for this, and I'm just as happy with it as... as is yours. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm more happy with it than I am yours. Um, this does not say 
This does not make me married to Marla. It's an outward symbol of an inward internal commitment. And so I don't freak out when I take it off. Marla doesn't either. I mean, I, I don't sleep with my feet under the cover either. I can't be bound. This binds me. I, I'm, I'm, I know they make medication for that. <clears throat> I, I need medication for a lot of things. But anyway, uh, this doesn't make me married just because I got it on. It doesn't make me married to Marla. It's my love for her and our covenant before God. And then to make it legal, the state of Mississippi or wherever. And so, but what it is, is a picture. It's a symbol of a relationship. It's an outward symbol. You see it on my hand. You'll never think about um, wedding rings the same again after I've told you I only paid 15 bucks for it. But it, it's, it's an outward symbol of an inward commitment that Marla and I have made. And so that's number one. When you get baptized, you're declaring, I believe the gospel. Number two, when you get baptized, you are declaring that I have buried my old life. I'm buried it. And, and sometimes I'm telling you, uh, sometimes the old life tries to creep back up. That's called sin nature, your old nature. But the, the Bible says in the book of Colossians, if you have your Bible still open, you can, you can turn over there real quick. Um, Colossians chapter 2 Verse 12, he says, having been buried with him in baptism, I'm buried in Christ, I'm buried, he was buried and he rose from the grave, in which you were also raised with him, we don't leave them under the water, we bring them back up. And that symbolizes the resurrection. We're raised in Christ through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So, in baptism, in baptism, not only am I declaring that I believe the gospel, in baptism, I'm declaring that I have been buried with Christ. My sins are buried with him. And what that does, it allows the Holy Spirit the freedom. The Holy Spirit is God. We're going to study that. But, but it, it gives the Holy Spirit, when you're obedient in baptism, it gives the Holy Spirit the freedom. It allows him to do the work uh, in your life, taking you from where you are to where he wants to take you. Taking you from the place that you are in in your life to the place he wants you to be. Uh, now, the old life still creeps, it's, it still creeps back up. I just, have to, I just have to kick it back into the grave. I'm, I've been, I've, uh, I've, I've been, my, my old life, my sins have been buried. When I get baptized, I'm declaring to the world that I've buried my sins. And so when, when my sins creep back up, I just kick them back into the grave, stomp the dirt back down. And, you know, um, my, my life, my, my walk uh, with Christ is a process. It really is for all of us. It's a process. You don't like get saved and then you wake up and you, 
you're like Mother Teresa tomorrow. You get saved, and, and I stand up here and talk to you like uh, he's still working on me. And uh, the, the biggest amen I got in the, in the early service was when um, Marla amen that. I mean, I'm glad she's in, in the children's area now, but he's still working on me. I mean, it's a, it's a process. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He's still working on me. Let me give you the third one. When I'm baptized, not only am I declaring that I'm, I'm, uh, I believe the gospel, and that my sins have been buried with him, but it declares that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. It declares that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul writes in, in Galatians, and he, he says this in chapter 3, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. I'm wearing his jersey. I get baptized. Now, yesterday it was a good day for some teams and not so good a day for other teams, right? We don't talk uh, competition, sports, but um, so don't take this offensively, but Ole Miss lost. They could have just well won. I mean, there's like one Auburn fan in the whole church, I think. Maybe two. Ole Miss lost. But you know what I noticed? The, the known Ole Miss fans that I know still came to church today. Bless them. And they're still wearing the, the colors or the jersey, let's say, of their team. State one. That's unusual. And the state, I saw state fans coming in today. And they had their colors on, Right? When you follow a team, you wear the jersey. Baptism is the jersey. When you follow Christ, you wear the jersey. You're not ashamed. So, well, I'm, baptism is, is uh, that's, like, that's like private. What you going to do, baptize yourself? Salvation is, our relationship to God is it's not private. It's personal, but it's not private. So baptism is coming out of the shadows into the light. And uh, well, I, I've got a phobia of water. You take a bath, don't you? But I mean, I know there are conditions and somebody might have that condition. I, I ran into that one time. I was baptizing in a baptistry. You know what that is? It's a, it's a, a souped up, oversized, beautiful trough. I don't know how else to, to describe it. It's a, it. You can swim in it, though. We would baptize sometimes kids, which are really light, would uh, get down in the, in the baptistry, and they would, like, float. They'd swim over to me. I was baptizing years ago, this one guy, and I think he had a problem with water. I tried, like, four times to get him under. I got wet. I got wetter than he did. I mean, I, I did the best I could do. And uh, we all clapped and celebrated, but uh, I, I preached with uh, that day with wet socks. 
really. Water came in my waders, and it it was, you know, you can get stuck in the, that's all I had going through my mind. I'm going to get stuck up here because he he put so much water in my waders. Anyway, that's another whole sermon. It's probably not a sermon. The point is, it's safe. Say, but um, I don't know about joining the church. We're not asking you. Baptism is not about belonging to a church. Baptism is about belonging to a Savior. If you've not been baptized since you believed, why not? Some of you today need to give your hearts to Christ then you can be baptized. Some of you have put it off. Today should be the day. We're going to baptize in just a minute. Children uh, younger than the seventh grade go through a class. When they're ready to make a a decision for Christ, they go through a class. You should be really thankful for that. It's one of my favorite parts about this church is that we're really careful with children. So today, we're, unless it's somebody that's been through the class, Kid Faith, uh, we're only baptizing 7th grade and up today, unless you've been through the Kid Faith class. Um, but we want to give you an opportunity to follow Christ in believers' baptism. Even if you didn't come prepared, we got you covered. And uh, you can make that decision today. I want us to bow our heads, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, I'm not asking you, are you a member of a church? Or if you've been religious, I'm asking, have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? If you haven't, I'm going to invite you just to pray this prayer. Now, the prayer is not magical. You don't just repeat it and it's it's something magical happens. This is a personal thing where you actually call on the name of the Lord. But you can say the same words if you want to. And I'll just say them. Uh, as as an example for you. And just say, Dear God, I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. I need you in my life. I know that I have sinned, and I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and he rose from the grave on the third day. I turn from my sins. I repent. I turn to Jesus. Come live in my heart. I put my trust in you. I follow you today. Now heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to ask that no one's moving around or leaving uh, during this part of our service because this is this is a sacred moment and um, it's it's a, a very important that, that there be no distractions. We're not going to be here a long time much longer but if you pray to receive Christ today that's the greatest decision that you could have ever made our our ministers and pastors are going to be standing at the front at both campuses and if you pray to receive Christ today I want you to go down there go forward take this step for Christ just go forward and tell them that you prayed to receive Christ and that you want to follow him believer's baptism now they're going to be standing down front but if if you've been saved but not been baptized since you believed 
why don't you make today that day? I think you'll be glad that you did. Stop putting it off. Get rid of the pride, the fear. And just let God have his way with you today. I'm going to ask that everybody at both campuses to please stand. And when I say amen to this prayer, I'm going to pray for you. Our, uh, our pastors are coming down front. And I want to pray for you. And uh, when I say amen, I, I want to challenge you. I'm going to pray that God would remove the fear from you. And that God would crush the pride. And as soon as I say amen, don't wait to the second verse or the chorus. You come. Because our, our ministers are, are here. They're waiting for you just to tell them that you've been saved or that you want to be baptized today. Now let me pray for us. Father, at the first note of this next song, give people the courage to make this decision to follow you. God, I pray for um, your Holy Spirit to just uh, speak to hearts right now and draw people to yourself. I pray, Heavenly Father, that um, there will be those that even today who pray to inviting Christ into their life, that they would come. And those who need to be baptized today, God, I pray for those decisions to be made. God, I pray this today in the wonderful, precious, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. You come now. Step out right now and come. Step out right now and come.